This is Daizen Shui X, the podcast, episode 99 for the week of October 21st, 2007. Welcome to Daizen Shui X, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizen Shui X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in the hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. My name is Julian, and I am your host for this evening. Yay, applause, applause, applause. And off way in the distant land of New Jersey, that mystical place, live Mike and his friend Mary. Just a friend. I'm just some girl. <laughs> well, the, the one that he happens to share a bed with, you know. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> let's get this thing on the road. Well, you're the host, so you do it. Okay, well, how are you guys? Fantastic. How the hell are you doing? Not too bad. So, in the town I work, there's this thing called the Donjini Matsuri this evening. Um, well, it's most famous in the town of Kishiwada, but basically all of the towns in the Kawachi region south of Osaka have their own version. Basically, there's this giant cart thing that people ride on and shout, like, chants and stuff, and they bring it around the town and, or, like, along the road, and they bring it back and forth, and uh, it's kind of an excuse to have a festival, really. Um, and it, it was kind of fun, you know, other than that pretty quiet today. I really need to make more friends my own age. I seem to really hit it off with people who are in like their 60s or 70s. <laughs> uh, maybe I need an excuse to strike up a conversation with somebody, you know, in their 20s. Uh, nice. But anyway, that's a bit of a tangent right there. So, yeah, other than that, life in Japan is pretty good. Good stuff. So, uh, it, it's not quite Japan, but I, uh, the Fujito EX, and you, the, the Mary, going to New York later. Nothing really exciting. Hanging out, doing some Japanese dinner, maybe hit Kinokuniya tomorrow, get some stuff. That's about it. So, that's, that's our little adventure for the weekend. Uh-huh. Not quite Japanese festival like Julian, but, you know, all good. So, this is episode 99. Whoa! 100 will be next week. The last double-digit episode. That's right. Well, they're all quadruple digits. Oh, yeah, right. I do it, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot yeah. of foresight so on your part. We'll get to episode 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so this is 99. What we're going to do this episode is uh, we're kind of break it up into two different recordings. Julian, Mary, and myself will do kind of everything but the topic. Then later, Mary and I will do the topic because we're going to do our initial thoughts on Sparking Meteor. Yes, Budokai Tenkaichi 3, as you American fans might know it. We got the Japanese version on PS2. I'm playing it. We're going to give you kind of like a two-part expose like we did with Neo. Uh, we'll do our initial thoughts on the game first this episode. And then next week is the magical episode 100, which you want to look forward to for a variety of reasons, whether you are a new or old listener. So that's uh, kind of the plan for this. We want to keep this uh, short and to the point because we all got stuff to do, but we got stuff to cover. So let's take it right on into that news. Julian! Yeah? You're over in Japan. I hear a game is selling relatively well over there in Japan. Yes, so it would seem. The sales for Sparking Meteor are pretty impressive. From the period of October 1st to 7th, it was number one for the PS2, with 203,828 units, with number four in the Wii at uh, 39,708 units. And keep in mind that in Japan... Um, the population is not nearly as large as in the U.S., hence the <laughs> smaller numbers. So, anyway, uh, period of October 8th to 14th, the PS2, it's number two at 47,000 units, and we not in the top ten. I'm assuming probably because more people have a PS2, although the Wii's been selling quite well itself. See, my thoughts on uh, that is the same way that I purchased the game. I purchased the first two on the PS2, so I figured, why would I you know, get the Wii version of the third game? I'll kind of complete my set on the PS2. Well, Castro says the Wii version's amazing. Uh, we'll talk about the game later. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually thinking maybe when the American Wii version goes down in price a little bit, I mean, it's not even out yet here, but when it goes down to maybe like 30 or something, maybe I'll pick up the American Wii version. You can just rent it. Well, yeah, but I want to do a little online line fighting. You can't uh. do that in the PS2. But, so, that's that. That's the, the Sparking Meteor stuff going on. Taking into a little more info on the game, IGN put up a new video kind of thing. We mention these every time they do it. They're always really boring and uninteresting. But it's up there, one of those developer diary videos. And then Donnie Clay updated his blog for the game. 
And I always love these because I have a couple points every single time. One is I have no idea what this guy does over at Atari. He just seems to be like the public face of Dragon Ball Z video games for Atari. And then he made a little mistake saying that uh, Android 15 was in the game. Really not. He was talking about like uh, super special attacks and how he just pummels everyone. But he said 15. He meant 16, right? No, 13. Oh, 13. Well, I assume. I mean, it could be anyone other than 14 and 15. Because we got 8, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and Cell. So it could be anyone other than 14 and 15. That was just a little side <laughs> comment in there that I found amusing. And, uh, Mary, I showed you this yesterday. You loved it. The Majin Buu cosplay outfit. Oh, man. Oh, you know, we have, um, <laughs> we have a pair of friends that always say to Mike, oh, you guys got a cosplay. Mike, you like Majin Buu. You should be Majin Buu. And we always <laughs> look and we're like, no. It all stemmed from the fact that I did a Majin Buu video. I'm like, but that was just a video idea. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, but, wow. I don't dislike Majin Buu. He's funny. Whatever. Anyway, this costume makes it really tempting. Yeah. Except, you know, the $500 price tag up on eBay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we have a picture up on the homepage, but there's also uh, a link to the actual eBay uh, auction. Lots of huge pictures. comes with its own fat suit and giant yellow boots and vest and all sorts of great stuff. Julian, you going to buy it? No, thanks. You sure? Uh, the only cosplay I've ever done thus far in my life has not been anime-related at all, so I'm going to leave it at that. All right. So uh, that is the news, other than the fact that there is going to be a Street Fighter 4, and my life is now complete. You can die a happy man. I can die. Ha- well, I'd rather wait for the game to actually come out, <laughs> play it for a couple minutes, and then be like, okay, now I can die a happy man. So, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Sparking Meteor, getting into the happiness with fighting games and uh, how you say the video games. So, Mary, let's cut to you and I, probably something like 24 hours later, talking about our initial thoughts on Sparking Meteor. Alrighty, so our topic today is giving a brief overview on our initial thoughts on Sparking Meteor, also known as Tenka Ichibudo Kai 3 in the US. We got uh, the game. You got it wrong. It's not. You said it the right way. Oh, I'm sorry. Force of habit. <laughs> <laughs> Budu- <laughs> yeah. As soon as I go to reverse the words, I say it the, the weird commercial man way. Budokai 3. Yes. M. Yeah, Sparking Meteor. Right. So, um, whether or not you're new to this series, series of reviews. Uh, we'll just give you a quick little recap of our thoughts on the previous uh, Sparking games in the series. I personally didn't care for them so much because I figure the more characters you throw into a game, the less individualized they are. It's now, just, Mary, yes. we have even more characters this time. I know. Hence right. my you know extreme caution when approaching this game. Okay. So I came to the first two Sparking games, you know, not being too, too thrilled with it. I'm like, okay, I can tell it's supposed to be the show, but uh, it seems like the whole point is you fly very far away from each other, charge up and throw key blasts at each other. And I do not find that very engaging at all. And I also, at the same time, even though that sounded simplistic, when I went to go play it, I also found it very hard, but not in a fun, challenging way, in a this game is making me feel stupid kind of way. And I don't want to play this because I also don't like PlayStation 2 controllers. I'm weird like that. I'm not very hardcore. Mary, I should get that out of the way. It's not that you don't like the controller. You have a mental problem mapping buttons to, to like symbols. square circles circle like triangle like that means nothing to me for some reason like x and y makes more sense because you can just remember where on the controller i really don't i'm the person that doesn't know her right from her left Uh, so true enough okay anyways i'm like dyslexic with directions kind of sort of this is true so i do not have a favorable opinion of this series i much prefer (sighs) you know what i can't even say much um i prefer the um the standard bidokai games slightly i i've been a fan mostly of super dbz the most just because it's more of a traditional 2D fighter right. kind of thing. Well, because you understand the motions, it was very easy to jump in. You know what a quarter fireball is, you know, all that stuff. Right. I come from a Street Fighter 2 background, not a, I don't know what the hell kind of background you call this, <laughs> freeform fighting game. Right. Which, you know, in and of itself sounds kind of cool, but um, the first two weren't really my thing, but I was willing to give this one a shot. Yes, and you did. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So about me, I guess. I have played, obviously, every single game since the resurgence of games. I shouldn't say that. I haven't played the PSP games yet, but I've played the Budokai games, and they're essentially the Budokai games. Anyways, I've more or less played every game since the resurgence in, what, like 2001, 2002? And then going back, I'd played the vast majority of old games on uh, Super Famicom, the Saturn, PlayStation 1, all that stuff. So I have a pretty uh, wide range of Dragon Ball gaming perspective to come into here, along with, you know, my history with Street Fighter games in general. The only um, Dragon Ball games I played prior to the resurgence of popularity in the games were uh-huh. Final Bout and Hyper Dimension. Okay, right. And then once I met you, you showed me some of the PlayStation 1 games, and I thought they were pretty bad. <laughs> like the right. split screens, oh, and the flying around, and the, again, <laughs> flying around, charging up, throwing key blasts, split screens. Well, these Mary, I all hated. Two-player in this game is I know. split screen, flying around. <laughs> we'll get to that, I guess. All right, all right, all right. I guess we shall. So let's say where we're at in media right now. I've been playing through story mode on my own, and I have done all of Z, all of GT, all of the specials, and I think I'm just about done with Dragon Ball. So I think after that, all there is some, like, what-if stories, and that's it for story mode. And, you know, despite all that, you were telling me today how you haven't found a single Dragon Ball. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll talk about that stuff later on. Okay. So there's that. There's a couple other modes, but what we'll pretty much be talking about so far is just uh, the story mode and then a little bit of two-player experience. Right, because that's the only experience I've had with it so far is just playing against you and trying to get a feel for the controls, which I'm not familiar with. So it's been a great help kind of having you train me. Um, even though I'm obnoxious and I keep forgetting, Mike, how do I fly? Right. Why would I stop flying? How do I land? Again, this is the PS2 version, so I haven't done any online fighting, obviously. And I haven't tried the uh, disc fusion system with the older games yet. With that knowledge at hand, uh, again, I'll say this is going to be a two-part review, kind of like we did with Neo, where this will be our initial thoughts with what we've done so far. Then after everything's unlocked, we've explored all the game modes, we'll give you more info on everything, probably in two or three weeks. Okay. Because next week's episode 100. For some reason, I thought we were going to be doing the second half next week along with our special nope. stuff. Oh, okay. Nope. Next week so is just special, all special. In and of itself. Cool. Look forward to it. It also gives me more time to make sure I finish everything. Exactly. Right. So as with all of our reviews, we kind of split it into four different sections. The video slash presentation, the audio, the gameplay, which as always is the most important part, and then the other, the miscellaneous stuff. So Mary, let's talk about the video and presentation. Let's start with like the menu system. I adore the menus. I I love them so much. As soon as you boot it up and you go to the first screen, I think, is that the one with um, Gohan and Videl in the car with uh, also Goten and Trunks on the cloud? Yes. I I think it's fantastic. They're all talking and i'm all like oh they're real their voices are coming out of the tv now the characters have spoken on the menus before but i think this is just like the cuteness well i think it's because like it's actual manga pictures coming uh-huh. to life well anime pictures too i guess i have gohan and videl and um we got a power opening right one of my favorites is uh when you go into the versus mode it's vegeta and napa there and when you finish your selection vegeta says something like sa game da sa sento wo tanoshimase te kure computer to no sento da ningen doshi no sento da just that great delivery in there. But that's almost audio, but let's talk about the video itself. You haven't really navigated the menus too much, but, you know, the character select screen, just going around stuff. How does it all feel to you from your perspective? It seems like it all makes sense with the exception of the item section, which uh-huh. I guess where you buy stuff and there's like earrings and stuff. I mean, uh-huh. I personally haven't gone in there in any of the previous games. So when I see you do it, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> it doesn't help that it's all in Japanese either. Right, right. But overall, it seems pretty intuitive. You can get around, no problem. I mean, we know the kana for dragon pretty well, so dragon history and all that stuff, pretty easy to figure out where you're going. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the actual gameplay graphics then. The skies look good. Yeah. Um, some of the effects look good, I think. Sometimes the characters look cheap and blocky. Mm-hmm. Oh, the hands are really big in this game. Uh, one thing you'll notice when Vegeta uses the power ball to go Ozaru, and he does his, like, the hand in front of him kind of thing, his fingers are gigantic and squarey blocky, kind of like what you were mm-hmm. mentioning. 
mentioning. I mean, again, it is a PS2, so I shouldn't have you know super high expectations. But Stop. when I'm playing this, I realize I'm playing a game on a next, not next, old, previous, previous generation. gen system, I guess. Although I do, you know, comparing this to the Budokai games, just uh, do I like this look or that look? I kind of like them both, but this one almost feels a little bit cheaper. I agree. I've always stood by Budokai 3 as having probably my favorite character models. They had a very fluid nature to them. They were very round. I like the color schemes on them. Something I've always whined about in the Sparking games have been how shiny the characters appear to be. Like, they clash a little too much with the background. doesn't quite blend. Well, I kind of would prefer that because sometimes I have a really hard time seeing the characters as they fly away and I oh, want sure. them to pop out at me. Well, when they have the auras going, that definitely helps yeah. as well. Oh, the aura effects are uh, definitely stepped up even from the previous game, which was a step up from the first game. They look mm-hmm. really gorgeous. Something um, visual-wise I love are uh-huh. the character designs and artwork for the character select screens. Yeah. I even like how the character um, select screen is set up, you know, from an architectural point of view, uh-huh. the way that you cycle through all the characters. It's kind of done by era. Well, it's tough because there are 160 plus characters in mm-hmm. here. So how logically do you sort that out? Right. And the way they consider characters are like Goku, Super Saiyan Goku. Those are two different, per se, characters. Mm-hmm. Then you even have your early, mid, and late Goku uh, broken down kind of by saga. So when, you know, how many characters are they saying they have. I think it's 161 is the final count. Yeah, it's not like actual specific individual characters. Right, it's like it's Final like... Belt when you had six Goku. Right. In this game, I don't even know how many Goku there are. There's way too many. And then like Super Saiyan Gogeta is a form of Goku. Right. So you have to know that you're looking for that specifically. Like you're going through saying, where's Gotenks? I want to play as Gotenks. Oh, you have to go to Goten or Trunks and cycle through their mm-hmm. characters to get but to them. that aside, I love the artwork for all the characters because it's all updated. Yeah. All, the char- all the colors are nice and shiny and, and crisp. And a lot of them are like famous poses of those characters yeah. so seeing that updated is really nice for fans like us mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like that homage thing going on all right the characters what other gameplay uh, graphical elements did you like anything you didn't like what didn't work <sighs> for you man you know what i don't know if it's just because i'm not good enough yet but i am not impressed by super moves and i don't know if that's going to be more of a gameplay thing or a visual thing but they uh-huh. don't seem so quite out of this world like the budokai series special moves uh-huh like oh. i'm like okay that was it I think a lot of that is that they try to tie in super moves within gameplay here. Like in like, combos? Like-, like rather than being finishing moves, is there was a distinction in the Budokai series, sort of, where there were quasi-finishing moves, or that was the over-the-top, really big explosion, go out to Earth, see the beam from space. You know what? And that did take up a lot of time now that I think about it. So maybe that's not as uh-huh. awesome as I think it is, because I kind of like, you know what? Now I'm torn. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like how fast and to the point some of the um, uh-huh. super moves are in this game, and you can just continue on with your fight after you do something. But Have it, any of them stuck out to you, though? I mean, Trunks's, you said some of them didn't. Trunks's? The one where he puts his hands up in the air. It's kind of like that move that he does when he goes back to his time oh, and he right, kills right. off Cell. Right, it's That's, the move he kills Cell with. I was yeah. like, I've never seen that for him in a game before, so I thought that was cool. I think he had that for the first time, maybe in Legends. It was either only in the PS1 version or only in the Saturn version, or maybe it was in both. I can't remember. But yeah, it's been a while since I've seen a, a really good version of that attack, and it definitely looks spectacular. Uh-huh. Those kind of nods in there. Anything else jump out to you or something you didn't like? Pretty much, like I've said, the only thing I didn't like is just within the game, you know, the gameplay itself. Uh-huh. I don't like how the characters... <sighs> I shouldn't say I don't like how they look because they look like themselves and stuff, but they just look janky and cheapo. Let me explain to you what bugs me about them. They, You know, every character has just a, like, a standing kind of animation, like just kind of breathing. Do they the... recycle that a lot? Well, it's, it's like that's all there is. And it seems very short, and it's not very fluid. And remember in the previous games, uh, I think it was the first game, there was that uh, quasi-cutscene where Chiaotzu is fighting Guldo on uh, Kaio's planet. It kind of just, like, kicks him and he falls over. Like, it's not really well animated. I feel like they haven't moved much further beyond that. Like, they have. The characters do move more fluidly when they're just kind of standing there. In the last game, there were five or six big cutscenes where they reanimated certain scenes, like Bardock out in space, Mm -hmm. like to match the show. I, there really isn't anything like that so far here that I've seen. And it's all just like in-game engine, like standing on the planet, different camera angles. And I still feel like they're trying to recreate the series through those quasi-cut scenes with standing animations. And that's another thing where I'm like, yep, it's a PS2 game. Uh, whatever. But then, again, like you said, you're torn. I'm torn on things where I've always said, I don't care about cutscenes. I've seen the show a billion times. Exactly. I've read the manga 
millions of times. I don't need to see the same damn thing for the billionth time. Well, it's tricky because this series is the one that's trying to be the most like the show, but then when you put more of the show in it, it's a lot of just sitting and watching. So, again, I'm torn. It's like, do I want it to be more like the show, or Or do I want to just get to the point and fight? That perfectly segues into, it's a presentation thing, but it's also an audio thing, and that's during the story, the story mode. Mm -hmm where you're fighting the the missions and that kind of stuff. Because it is doing that where it's trying to be the show in a new way that I haven't really seen before. And that's when characters speak over what's going on. I think it's great. Because it gives you the flavor of the show without taking up visual time. Exactly. Like You're not wasting your time because you're fighting anyway and it's almost like you have a running commentary but it's familiar territory because they're just talking, you know, they're speaking lines from the show itself. So it feels like, ah, this is where it comes in and feels it was like the, the show. Big ones for me was when you're Super Saiyan 3 Goku versus Chibi Boo. Yes. And Vegeta's doing his his monologue. Oh my god, number one monologue. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. that is, you nailed it there. That's what you've been shooting for for three games. You finally got it there. Mm-hmm. Like that was the emotional moment you've been trying to achieve. <laughs> Yes. And they got it there. And it helps that, you know, they're actors. So Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how this will feel with the dub. I'm sure, you know, maybe dub fans will enjoy it. If I were exposed to this game and that feature only through the English version, I'd probably want to shoot myself. Yeah. I'd probably find the voiceovers extremely obnoxious, but because uh-huh. these are the voices that I'm familiar with and the dialogue that I'm familiar with, I don't mind at all. Right, like I don't find it too intrusive. That's the reason why I get the Japanese version, because the, the whole point of the game is to recreate the show you love. Well, for me, it's the Japanese version. It's the Japanese music. It's the Japanese voices. Oh, That's what I love. Music. I forgot about that. That's audio. Yes, you, you're one of your complaints, I know, and I hope I'm not stepping on your toes here, no, is that ahead. there's not enough background music. Yeah, I wanted to get exact numbers. Maybe I'll do it for our uh, final thoughts on it, of how many tracks were in the previous game and how many were in this game. I, as far as I can tell, Super survivors the only new song hmm. like come on guys do they have a huge library of background music i and- know there's so and still don don's the only gt thing i mean it's the only memorable one yeah but maybe a Hitori instrumental or something like throw me a bone here maybe it's a rice thing because it was a different composer but regardless like- i mean i like the background music that they have and they have a oh, lot of my favorites like the uh definitely the, the ningen one yes um there's also lots of our favorites like the movies and and you got Solid State Scouter, just lots of favorite You know songs. what? I think that's my favorite combination of elements in, my, in the entire game is uh-huh. um, Solid State Scouter in um, in space yeah. with the level that's, um, you know, Planet Vegeta and uh, Frieza's spaceship using right. Bardock. Yeah. To me, that, you know, you put those three things together and I feel like that's the most uh-huh. close you get to recreating the show. I don't know why. I mean, I've seen plenty of other combinations, obviously, watching you play and when the right. two of us would play. But for some reason, you know, the Bardock stuff and the levels and the music and the character to me that feels like oh this is cool i'm fighting in space and right you know there's a couple of frieza lackeys that i get to fight as bardock so <laughs> exactly what other audio things i still have the same complaint of the music is too short and it loops oh just i haven't noticed that this time around maybe you're used to hearing it yeah maybe by this point i think i kind of am too because i don't hate it as much as i did previously but i think having more songs would help that and having the songs are longer like i know some of these songs have longer versions than what they're playing here. Play them. Is it a space thing on the disc? No. We've been talking about music and the quality of music. Is there any uh, voice stuff beyond the menus that you've noticed that you've picked out has been good, has been bad, lacking, good, not good, whatever? It seems all pretty standard. I can't complain or praise one way or the other. It just seems good. I feel the same way. Like, nothing's really, really that phenomenal and nothing's really that bad. I don't know. For, for stuff like voice acting in a game like this, I don't feel like it needs to be phenomenal as long as it doesn't suck. You know what you did say was really good, though, and you said she needs more lines, is uh, Mayumi Tanaka on the menus. 
Yeah, because I figured, you know, she's um, getting a lot of work these days. I mean, she's constantly busy as Luffy in One Piece, and I figure, you know, she's right. probably the most active out of everybody mm-hmm. in the cast. This kind of goes back to a presentation thing, but it's also uh, audio and voices. Some of the best acting I have heard has been after you complete a saga, where it's usually Goku that's on the side, and then a character from the next saga will come on the left side of the screen, and they'll have this weird dialogue. Like, after I did the Boo saga, uh, Goku's over there, and then Pong comes on, and they have a little dialogue. She's like, eh, Hojichan? <laughs> like, just this weird dialogue of, like, you're not how I know you. And it's just a uh, fun dialogue, great delivery over there. Any other audio stuff that you think of before we move on? Aloha! Oh my god, greatest thing ever, but we'll talk more about that later. Okay. Gameplay. Let's talk about gameplay. Ah, yes. So I'm pretty familiar with how Sparking Series works. Of course, every time a new game comes out, I have to, like, reteach myself how to play because I haven't played since I beat the last game because, yeah. But, Mary. Mm Mm-hmm. You played for like five minutes Neo, and then uh, we got the new game. Mm-hmm. And you and I sat down, we did two-player. I kind of taught you how the controls work. Uh, we did some little tutorial rounds back and forth. I said, like, do this, okay, and then you figure that out. All right, now combine this with that. You got that all worked out. Then we did just all on battling each other. You actually won a couple times, too. Mm-hmm. So tell me about this whole experience. How does the gameplay feel for you? Was it easy to pick up? Just take it away. I don't think it was easy to pick up. I found it extremely frustrating, and I liked it. It was weird. Maybe I was in a better mood um, this time around. Maybe I was more apt to give it a chance, because I remember, like you said, with Neo, I was like, eh, this sucks. I'm bad at it. Who cares? Toss it aside. This time, no, I was like, this is hard. I don't get the controls. This doesn't feel natural. But this looks like it could be really fun if you, you know, try hard. And I, I want to say for a while you were just sitting with me as I was playing through story mode. Yeah. And watching you was a good help because I got to see, you know, combinations of things, different strategies. And I think that's the thing that I was mostly aiming for was, mm-hmm. you know, there seems to be a little bit of strategy involved. Um, it's not, I mean, with the way I play, it was mostly button mashing, although I was trying to get myself to a level where I could throw a level of strategy into it. Uh-huh. And that's... That's kind of where I want to get, but um, my biggest gripe with the game is that, like I said before, it's 150 characters, there's nothing inherently special about anyone, with the exception of the uh, androids who don't have key to charge up, they just automatically go on their own, which... As far as I can tell, is the only real distinction between them and other characters. And Oh, that's not true. Some of the large characters are very slow. Oh, we did Hildegarn versus uh, First Form Janemba, and it was so boring. First of all, I couldn't see anything, because my fat ass is taking up the screen. I oh, was yeah, because the two huge characters split screen. You can't see anything anyways, and then they move so slow. It was just really... Finally, you just transformed into, you know, Super Janemba, and I'm like, oh, well, fuck. M- more gameplay stuff. Keep uh, going. What do you, think? you know, I don't like the controls. I don't like that, um, you know, there's a button for hitting and there's no button for kicking. You know, there's a button for flying, there's a button for block and key, and I forget what the other one was. Flying up and down. Flying up and down. Right. Did I say block? Yeah. Block, key, fly, punch. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the fact that, you know, when you want to melee, it's just essentially hit the punch button over and over and over again. Right. It's I, I wish it was a little more complex than that, and... Well, we're out of buttons. I know, and you know what? It, it's not creative enough with its button control. Oh, uh, right. I mean, I, I'm not Good saying point. I want it to be like the Budokai game where it's like circle, circle, square, triangle, blah, blah, blah. I hate that so much. I know. I I think I'm looking more for a Street Fighter-esque kind of control where it's like, you know, do some stuff with the, um, you know, the D-pad and then, uh-huh. you know, a button. But I know I can't expect the game to be that, so right. I got a little bit, I got to be a little bit fair right. in this that respect. Right, this isn't supposed to be Street Fighter. Yeah. We have that. For a game like this, I, I think it has to be kind of simple simplistic button mm-hmm. controls for more complex actions. I don't know how to describe it because the, the environment is kind of complex. Uh-huh. You're flying around, you're finding at various ranges, so I think in order to navigate that space you need to have kind of simplistic controls, but um, use them in a smart way. So you're not just button mashing, which was you know something I was resorting to because I didn't know any better. But I think as time went on, I was starting to get a little bit of you know the hang of things. But uh, I think what I'm getting at is that I did enjoy this a bit more than the previous two games. And I don't know if that's because of me personally trying to accept it more or if the game was actually genuinely better. I think I'm not the, be- the best person to make that call. You use the word resorting and I want to go back to that because despite everything you've just mentioned and you're trying to learn these new techniques and strategies to use, every single match still degenerates into fly away, charge your key, super attack. Yeah. 
and it's getting to the point where it's like I can tell when you're going to do it. Yep. I know when to block or to fly away. Yeah, me too. It's like, okay, I see what she's doing. I see she's trying to fake me up to do that so she can go over there, charge up her key. As soon as she fires, I'm just going to teleport or go to the side and then fire my attack. And if I'm far away enough, then it wastes enough time where she'll just teleport and fly away. Like, Is that just me being predictable or is that the game no, not being ingenious enough? You do it to me as well. I, I see that you doing the same thing to me in return. And I don't think the game offers much more than that. I mean, we have new things like Sonic Sway, which I finally get the hang of. But even then, that's just almost like a glorified parrying. It's not adding all that much more to the the overall experience. But then again, the overall experience is play the show. And what is the show? Characters flying close, punch each other for a bit, fly away, fire a Kamehameha. So I don't know. Can I ask for more from this type of game? Maybe I have to just accept that this game is never going to be a deep experience and people aren't looking for a deep experience. I think maybe people who are more, I don't want to say more dedicated because that makes us look like shit, but right. maybe people who you know are more willing to find out if the game is deep have mastered certain techniques oh, that absolutely. bring it to a more complex level. I've seen I've seen things in the Budokai series uh, and also Super TBC where people can do the chain combos where, where you transform, that kind of knocks them back a little bit and gives you an air juggle opportunity that kind of stuff, but I'm even seeing some of the masters of this game. It doesn't inspire you to go to that level? Yeah, and I'm not seeing enough to make me want to even try some of that stuff. Like, for what it is, I guess it's the pinnacle of what they were trying to make and what people are looking for, but I don't think that goes deep enough for someone like me. Oh, you're that kind of guy, huh? Well, again, I'm a Street Fighter fan. I mean, things like cross-ups and two-in-ones and just, I, I could spit out a whole bunch of stuff that wouldn't make sense to anyone who's never played Street Fighter. Like, I don't see that stuff in here, and, you know, after three games I'm like, yep, th- okay, this is a sparking game. Uh, let's move on. No, I guess this is a gameplay thing, but um, yeah. the number of characters, you know, it does bug me that there are huge amount of characters, but there are some funny additions, and I know we've always said, okay, it's great that you're throwing Dr. Wheelow in there, but we're only going to play him once, and you know that's going to be it. But I've, And I did. And we did, but it's been funny. It's kind of like you play the character once you get your jollies out. And right, the thing is... I don't think we'll ever go back to it, but the one time exactly. that Exactly. I understand that they're not meant to be characters that we'll go back to over and over and over again, but the one time that we do play with them, you know, I get a kick out of it, and... That's, to me, that's all it needs to be. It's like, okay, I played as Zongya. Oh, that was funny. Okay. That Never use her again. to me if it was like 25 or 30 bucks. I know the American version is 40 But I don't want to buy a game to play as a character once to be like, dur, 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 that was fun. Let's try the next well, one. Well, that just proves I'm easy to amuse. I, I guess. <laughs> Uh, we talked about the Sonic's way. One other thing of gameplay mechanics that I want to talk about is just the refined, you know, just basic key attacks, um, bouncing them back. In the previous games, you would just hit, I can't remember if it was the block button, at the right moment, it would just do it. Here, you have to press block, and I think it's left or right, kind of simulate the bouncing back and forth. That took a little getting used to. I'm still working on, like, mastering the timing of that, because I'm so used to the Budokai games in the previous games, just pressing that block button at the right moment, and it automatically does it. So I guess that's adding a little more depth and interactivity and simulation of the show to that gameplay mechanic. Uh, Is that it for gameplay that you have? I don't know, because the gameplay seems so shallow, but I don't know if that's because we're not trying hard enough or what, but my overall perspective is that I do enjoy this more than the other two, but I think that's just because of me personally you know, trying. trying trying harder. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't really have anything else to add about gameplay at this time. Uh, during our final thoughts, we'll probably talk a lot more because we'll have figured out a whole lot more. So for now, let's just take it on to some general miscellaneous things about the game and kind of wrap it up because this is just our initial thoughts on the game. It's too soon to make final judgments on everything. Right. So everything that we've said, remember, Remember, we've only been playing for a little bit. The game's only been out for a little bit. We still have a lot to investigate with the game. For example, items, and this will kind of tie into the miscellaneous. I haven't done anything with the items at all yet. It just, like, why would I? I'm just going through story mode. As far as I can tell, items have no bearing on story mode whatsoever. Uh, Even in the previous game, I don't think I did a whole hell of a lot with items, because... Uh, whatever. I, that almost ties into after I beat the game, I was kind of bored, so I didn't play anymore, so why would I investigate the items? Because all that's going to do is 
all right, bump up the health on this guy, whatever. But from what I've been looking through, there are some pretty interesting items in this game. For example, there's one where characters that can't fly, uh, it'll allow them to fly like the regular characters in the game. But then I feel like that's like fixing a broken game mechanic to allow you to play, like, great. So a character that was somewhat different, now you can play as them as if they were just any other character in the game. So it's kind of like a good good thing and a bad thing. Mm -hmm. One thing I definitely want to point out, it's kind kind of a gameplay thing, not really. I really wish there was a quick redo for if you lose in story mode, because I was having trouble for a bit with the uh, final chibi-boo battle, or where you do the Genkidama to win. I was losing that a couple times, and I really wish... Like, after you lose, you have to go through the fail screen, okay, then it loads, and you go back to the story mode menu, and then you have to choose that again, then it does the narration thing. Wasn't there a time when games would say, would you like to retry? I know, that seems kind of All that loading? Like, it's already in the RAM, just let me retry it right now. If I'm playing it and I lose, obviously I want to retry it, and if not, give me the option to say, no, alright, I'll go back to the main menu, whatever. So that's one little thing that's really been bugging me. And then you can say, well, I guess you're just not good enough, just win all the battles, but come on, if I put it up on the hard, I'm probably going to lose every once in a while trying to unlock some of these characters and stuff. Uh, let's talk about characters. You know, um, uh, whatever the way through story mode, so I have however many of those characters. I haven't done any of the wishes yet, so it's just through most of Dragon Ball. That's who I have. Uh, any of the new characters strike you fancy? Care? Don't care about? You talked about Dr. Wiro. Um, who else have I played that was either new and, or unusual? I used Tambourine because I was like, oh shit, Ryusei Nakao plays him. And that was, yep, fun for the one time. Frieza Henchman. Frieza Henchman, Bobbity. Bobbity was kind of funny. Yeah, he was. Again, for me, a lot of this is just whoever voices them. Like, I want to hear that voice actor doing these characters. It's more of that, you know, which version do you love? For me, the Japanese version, I love hearing the voices. That's kind of why I choose some of the characters I do. But, uh, Mary, any other characters you, you Nah, mentioned? I can't think of anything. No. We have a lot more to go. I mean, I haven't got Seripa, Arale, Blue. I think Blue's like the next one I'm going to be getting, though. I think that'll be funny. Yeah. A lot more characters to go, so I'll enjoy them. Anything else for our initial thoughts? I mean, there's still a lot more to say about the game. That'll be in our final thoughts when we do that. But initially, anything else you can say about it? Um, nothing more than I haven't already said. What are you looking forward to in doing? I'm looking forward, forward to more to? characters. Yeah? Yeah. Is that just to play as them once? To play as them once, exactly. I, I'm learning to try to improve my own gameplay because I want to see how I can compare to you. Because uh-huh. I know you have far more experience with the series than I do. Right. And a lot of the stuff I'm doing by accident, you're like, how did you just do that? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping to just have a, a greater understanding of what I'm actually trying to do. And I'm hoping to... You know, just like it for what it is. Do you see yourself touching this game in two months? No, because I, I don't do that for any game except for, <sighs> I don't know, the occasional DS game or Katamari. Right. Well, that's true. You really don't go back. No. Well, whenever we have friends over, we'll all play, like, puzzle fighter or fighting games. Yeah, we'll all play an old fighting game. We'll all play, like, a Mario Party or um, party games in general. None of those are Dragon Ball games, though. No. I think the majority of that is no one really cares. Uh-huh. Andrew comes over and is like, I-, I don't want to play Dragon Ball. <laughs> so a lot of that's just, you know, the, the non-Dragon Ball fans don't really care. So yeah, I, I don't think we'll, re- just like all the other games, I don't think we'll return to these when we're done reviewing them and playing them to beat them. No, and a good point to make is that, you know, we sing the praises of Super DBZ, but we haven't gone back to play that. No, I did, did a lot. Not right anymore. Now. Not within the last four months. Well, you know why? Oh, Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pokemon has ruined all of my gaming. So does that conclude our initial thoughts? I think that went on yeah. longer than it initially needs- planned. <laughs> Uh, More work for you, I'm sorry. That's all right. So that wraps that up. Uh, That's the end of the topic. So we're going to turn it over back to Julian and Mary and myself with the releases for the month. So Mary, that was a fantastic conversation. It was groundbreaking. It was indeed. But now it's time for releases. So let's talk about all the stuff coming out the rest of October, which really isn't all that much more. October 24th. Is it Wednesday? What is it? Yes, it is. Oh, there's the remastered volume 15 in Spain. It contains DBZ TV episodes 118 to 125 from La Saga de Cel, or the uh, Trunks episodes going into the Gene Zoningen arc. It's going for 24.95 euros, and more info can be found, as always, at sonadbd.com. Cool. Mary. Yes? October 30th. Gotta get our order in. We gotta get it in for something super fabulous. The greatest movie 
of all time. That's right. It's Dragon Ball. The magic begins. Although I think they dropped that. Yeah, it just kind of says they? Dragon Ball. Although it does say, and I quote, remastered and with all new special effects. Oh, dear. Yes. Yeah. I am super excited in a very ironic kind of way. I am so not. Like I said, we're going to have to get tons of people over, throw an IV of alcohol into them, and get someone to sit through this movie. The game will be who can sit still the longest <laughs> without ripping out their hair and storming outside. So uh, the remastered version of the Chinese live-action movie, the original one, it's $11.24 for pre-order over on To Write Stuffs, so uh, go check that out. And that's the rest of October, so let's do a little email action. So we're just going to do one email this weekend, or this show, or today, or however you handle this. The reason I'm going to do this is we get an email to the podcast about it. I get a regular email about it. I think I get some other kind of communication about it. All of a sudden, a bunch of different people. I don't know why, all of a sudden, it's really strange when this happens. It's like this collective consciousness of people. Everyone collectively decides, I don't know the answer to this. Let's email the show and ask. And this has happened on more than one occasion. I think we had an influx of, uh, why is your name in the Skittles AMV? Exactly. It's one of those instances. So I think we've actually quasi-answered this question on the show in the past, but it's been a while, and I think we should answer it again because people want to know, and I guess it was important to them. So I'll read the email here from Brett. Brett says, I just have a couple of quick questions. I stated before that I've been into DBZ since around the premiere on Cartoon Network, but like Mike, I took some time off to let the fan base settle down to a point where I I could deal with it again. Oh my god, that is so awesome. <laughs> I'm glad we're not the only people that are weird and think that way. Continuing onwards. During Sorry. the time between my absence and return, I noticed a lot of fan sites were taken down or stopped operating. The most notable of them was Mr. E's infamous planetdynamic.com. I was wondering if you guys knew what happened to it or still talk to Mr. E. And also, what's the worst criticism, email, or response you guys have ever gotten for the site or podcast? Thanks! And by the way, I really enjoyed your panel at Oticon. Being able to finally meet you guys at the show, talking about video games with Mike. Keep up the good passes all over great work on the sites. Wow. Micro Machine Man, you're not. (laughs) Julian. So, I don't know. I'd like to just take a little bit to address the first part. And then you guys can take over since um, it's mostly addressed to you. But I worked with uh, Mr. E, or James, for a few months anyway, during the final days of PlanetNamic.com, I found that he had become quite, um, let's say, disinterested and frankly a little bit embittered about Dragon Ball fan base in general. And I guess I can kind of see why, but um, my conversations with him were quite depressing. So anyway, uh, PlanetNamic.com pretty much died as soon as he decided not to bother with it anymore. I'm not really sure what happened to him after that. Kind of just kind of up and disappeared from the internet, it seems. I don't know. Maybe you guys know better than me. I have no idea. I figured Julian would know better than us since he worked on the site. Yeah. I mean, I had a couple conversations with him back then. I mean, everyone who ran sites kind of knew each other. Yeah, I used to speak capacity. to him pretty regularly. It was just like, hey, how you doing? Kind of nonsense. And I don't know. I never really got more than just general friendly terms with the guy. I don't know. I mean, that was around the time when we were all getting kind of fed up with what was going on. It was really hard to just take everything. I mean, we were all younger back then, too. Right. Didn't so know how not to only were we growing up, but the fan base was growing up. It was exploding. <laughs> I don't know. Were they? No, I mean, growing, <laughs> like, in terms of the figures you know? and how big oh, the fan okay. base was. Right. And at the age we were at, I don't think we knew how to cope with internet fame, for lack of a better Just phrase. internet culture was coming to rise, and no one knew how to deal with it. I don't know. So, Hello. I mean, Namek died. As far as I know, he, like, put some... He bought the domain forever or something, and he's got... Robot spiders aren't allowed to crawl it. You can't get it on archive.org anymore or anything. He just seemed to want to distance it from, you know, existence or whatever. And I can't blame him for that. It's like, all right, I need to move on. I'm done with this. I don't want to be associated with it. I don't know if that's what he thought, but, I mean, that's how it appears to be. And all I can say is that, I mean, life moves on. There are a lot of great sites. I miss Susinju. And if that site were to exist today, it would be probably nothing. But it was this like idealized thing in my memory and I really miss it. So I can totally understand people from that generation. Like, Oh man, you remember playing that name like that, man, that shit was awesome. I missed that. What happened to it? So I can totally understand that as well. I mean, all of my favorite sites from generation before are gone. I miss them. And so I think, uh, 
That's it. We don't really know. They all moved on. Who else was there? Is there I don't a guy really named um, Kaio well, or there's Skull? Well, there's but his site is still there. No, I meant from just, Namek. Oh, him. Oh. Well, Kaio, I hear from him once in a blue moon. He's still doing Japanese-type stuff as far as I'm aware. He ran some other oh, site previously, didn't he? I think they stole think. him from somewhere Yeah, they else. acquired yeah. many staff members. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, well, John Allen moved to uh, planetnamek.com for a little while. I don't really know what's up with him. As far as I know, he's still a small-time actor somewhere in California, but that's as, that's as far as I know. Yeah. So, I mean, Namek doesn't really exist anymore, but, you know, other other sites are out there. There's some other cool stuff, so I guess we can all remember the glory days, as we sometimes call it and sometimes don't want to call it, but whatever. That was the old times. Uh, want to answer the other question? What was the worst criticism email response you guys have gotten for the Cider Podcast? Oh, man. You know, most of the really good ones we've read on the show. Right. I mean worst is usually just stuff like lols you're gay that kind of nonsense anything that's ever been constructive have always been things that i'm happy to respond to and get a dialogue going with and everyone usually comes to some sort of mutual understanding so i wouldn't really call those like worst criticisms because they're never really bad i think he means flames lols you're gay fag whatever you know that kind of stuff like the I mean, stuff in the youtube responses where they're like why do you hate the show so much dude this is gay just enjoy the show if we didn't enjoy the show why would we be making these videos in the first place i know right like totally goes over their heads kind of thing yeah. when i dedicate you know half a sunday to editing those things <laughs> it's not because i hate the show it's it's weird, but some of the weirdest criticisms I got have been on like Wikipedia from editing Dragon oh, Ball yeah. theme stuff. It's like you're not a fan, you wouldn't be doing these things and like I'm I'm just trying to clean it up because some of the articles in the state that they were in were completely incoherent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> somehow by delete, deleting anything so it's actually readable earns you the ire of other editors who claim to speak English as their first language, but you wouldn't know it from the way they type. <laughs> um, other than that, it's mostly what you said. There's um, lots and lots of insults that aren't really insults if you're a mature adult, but when you're at that crucial age between about 12 and 14, it's <laughs> between like... Between 12 and 12 like, and a yeah. half. <laughs> <laughs> no, sadly, okay. it's more like between 12 and 22. Yeah. Oh, dear. You know, Mary, I just want to mention this. You and I had this brief conversation. I think I kind of proposed this to you. There's this interesting rise of a fan site where when you start the site, you're no one. You start getting a little popularity, and people are like, oh, this is really cool. You should add all this stuff. And you're like, okay, great, and I'm going to work on it for a bit. It'll get really big. The instant you have all that stuff that people want and you have any kind of notoriety, immediately it's, dude, why are you so gay? Why are you still working on this? Why is this site so big? You should have – or you have no life. Like, yes. <laughs> like there's no middle ground there for people. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of strange. I mean that's what I've uh, kind of seen over the years with regards to websites. So maybe that's the worst criticism where it's like I want to work on this and get it big because people seem to enjoy it. And then the instant it is big, people are like, oh, you're gay. Whatever. It's kind of stuff you shrug off and you're like, wow, I'm the one that has no life. Well, we're doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I love it, though. Yeah, it's see, a good time. See, the thing is, we're having fun, and I think that's more than you can say for someone who makes that kind of comment. And plus, it's weekly content. Right. So, yeah. hells yeah. I think we're awesome. We are the best people on the internet today, and what other great things can we say about ourselves? I'm uncomfortable um, with this well, conversation. I know. <laughs> I'm just yeah, well, kidding, uh, obviously. Well, I think it's really great that we get to do the podcast, because in a way, we get to update the website on a regular basis and have actual content, which is more than can be said for a lot of fan sites that have been around for as long as we have. Yeah. So, yeah. And I get to talk with Julian every week. Yes, hey. which is From tough afar. when he's over in Japan. I mean, we can't always line up schedules, so if we can set a time to record a show. The show is for us in that respect, where we get to talk with each other and about the show and about what's going on. And the fact that a certain amount of people can tune in to that and listen to our ramblings, that's really powerful and really awesome and really fun. I think that's what makes it great. So we totally went off on a somewhat random tangent from the uh, email from Brett, but I hope that at least somewhat answers some of what you were looking for. If you guys have any questions or comments, criticisms or hopes or dreams or aspirations or what other phrases do I typically put in there? I think that's it. Julian, where do you send the emails? We send the emails to podcast at DizyX.com. Can you spell that? Good. Uh, okay. I can spell it. You spell that P-O-D-C-A-S-T at? D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. You are the Thank smartest. You. 
Yeah, Thank I you. was smudged. That's awesome. I went to that's school. So I think that's going to wrap up episode 99 of the show. Whoa. We're back with episode 100 next week. <gasps> full extravaganza of awesomeness to partake in so enjoy that look forward to that that's it let's say goodbye to everyone let's say goodbye to mary you are a woman and you run a site called temple o trunks which exists in a fantastic somewhat quasi legacy form i need to burp please talk anyway i got a couple videos i need to add i still have trunk scans from the 2007 calendar i need to add except my scanner blows anyway you can find tons of trunks goodness at www.templeotrunks.com and hopefully sometime by the end of October or early November. <laughs> early November. <laughs> that was for you, Mike. Anyway, you. um, I hope to finally be putting some stuff up on eBay, which I hope to promote either on this show or your site or whatever, because it's going to be lots of anime goodies, maybe some Dragon Ball stuff. We'll see. I have a copy of Shin Butoden, I think, for the Sega Saturn. I think I'm going to be putting up. So, thank you, and I just would like to point out that I just now noticed that my cell phone was sitting next to the microphone the entire episode, so if you hear any of that <laughs> during the episode... When people keep their cell phones near a microphone, I wholeheartedly apologize. Oh, mine was by the mic, too. Whoops. And you can blame Mr. Deluxe for that, because he called me right before we started recording, and I put the phone down. So, that is that. That is my apology. Thank you, Mary. We will see you next week. Bye now. Well, I'll see you later, and we got to record the Sparking Media right. thing, which you already heard through the magic of podcasting. So, Julian, you're over in Japan. Yes, I am. Awesome. We managed to keep an internet connection for the remainder of this recording. Now that I said that, it'll probably die, so let's finish it. You're over in Japan, but you work with me on the Daizenshu EX. Where the hell do you find it? You can find it at www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. I got a question for you. Yeah. You going to proofread some people's uh, Super Survivor lyrics and get some song lyrics up on the site sometime soon? Um, sure. I mean, that, that, that sounds like a plan. I can probably do that at some point during the week. As awesome. long as you know I'm, I'm working on something at the school where I work, they don't yell at me for not doing anything. So, yeah. Awesome. And it's Japanese practice, so that'll be cool. Yeah. So we can say, look forward to the Julian-approved lyrics to Hironobu Kageyama's Super Survivor, the opening theme to Spark and Meteor, very soon. So that's going to be it. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. You mean you're welcome. You're welcome? There you go. I mean, thank you for having me Oh, okay. on I the see. show. You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> I think we got that dialogue yeah. down pretty well. Julian, thank you for joining us and uh, ironing out times and recordings and flaky internet connections. It's my pleasure. And I should say that uh, don't pick on Mary too much. Some of my students are still having trouble with saying good morning in the evening. So, yeah. (laughs) I love children. (laughs) So, for Mary over there and for Julian off yonder with the children over in the Japan, that leaves me, the mic, the Vegito EX, and I am super psyched for episode 100 of the show. We'll check in next week. Daisenshu EX Podcast. Okay, this is Daizenshu EX the podcast. Your source. Uh, I need to bring up the thing. <laughs> Hold on. Your source for all kinds of Dragon Ball merchandise from my attic. Like <laughs> Z cards, desktop patterns, live, live chat. Chats. This joke is so old. <laughs> I know. That's what, 2001? <laughs> but it's still not not funny. <laughs> it's funnier when you have the visuals. Oh, yeah. When you roll over the graphics. Yeah. And I love their really premature use of, like, Flash and how it would just slow down everything. Yes. All right, before the internet dies, pull up the outline. Get going. Okay, here we are. <clears throat> now let's get this thing on the road before it breaks down. So. This contains DBZ episodes 118 to 225. No, I'm sorry, I never change it. It's 125. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fix that. <laughs> well, well it doesn't awesome matter anymore after today. So just reset okay. that. It contains. It contains DB episodes. I'm oh, sorry, let me try that again. <laughs>